and you know. And the headphones are just really good for helping uh, you hear you. That's what I tell yeah. people. I don't think Danielle wore the headphones. <laughs> but yeah, we've got, uh, okay, so Chris Hasnick. You are here. We will be. Um, we got opinions. We got lots of opinions. We we have opinions. We have opinions <laughs> about Star Wars and other things. Um, so we're doing Star Wars first. Sounds good. All to right, me. we're doing two episodes today. I did two episodes with a guy yesterday. We reviewed The Mandalorian and then we listened to um, a Pussifer album. That's okay. one of uh, Maynard from Tool and A Perfect mm-hmm. Circle. That's his third band. Ah, uh, Mia Jovovich plays with him. And some of his uh, songs, who is a jiu-jitsu practitioner and actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll be talking about jiu-jitsu and politics later. Is this correct? <laughs> yeah. That'll just be a Life Unraveled episode. So uh, we are doing an after-the-show assessment of Star Wars. Now, which which avenue are we going to take here? New trilogy or new film? Uh, I thought we were doing new trilogy. New trilogy. I okay, think you yes. had. I got a new film one on on Tuesday, but it's going to be unique. I got four people. We're doing a four person podcast. Oh God! Yeah, it's going to be wild. Yeah. So kick 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 the um, kick the snowball down the hill, man. Where you want to start? Oh man, um, I liked. I mean, I like the. It's Star Wars. It is. You know, it's like pizza. I'm watching Rogue One. I watched all the Star Wars in between my first and second viewing of Rise of Skywalker. I've started <laughs> the Clone Wars. I just finished Mandalorian. It, 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 and anytime I'm... People get upset if you're critical, but anytime I'm critical, I still love Star Wars, dude. Oh, yeah. You know. Stormtroopers can fly now. Oh, yeah. But, uh, no, it's the... Uh, I kind of, you know... It's one of those... It's a, it's a good new trilogy... It could have been a great new trilogy, and I think that's where a lot of the weirdness and the you know butt hurt comes from. It's like, you know, they expected you know me, my daughters, we are all really heavily into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and they pumped twenty films out in ten years. Oh, not to mention inter- series, man, and intertwined. And Avengers Endgame's got an outside shot at being you know a best picture. You, you were saying that in June the other day, yeah. Oh yeah. But it's like they put out this three-hour magnum opus and people went and saw it and shattered records. And I think what the problem is that people aren't looking at the movies themselves. They're going, well, it wasn't Endgame. It wasn't Infinity War. Um, yeah, so, yeah, so that, is, a- that is a fatal flaw of getting into a big franchise universe like that, like whether it's Lord of the Rings or whatever. Well, here's like, you know, the jujitsu version. Well, I've been training six months. Why am I not Gordon Ryan yet? Well, yeah, he eats, sleeps, lives, you know, trains some of the best coaches in the you know, the galaxy. Um, and you've had six months and he's, you know, lived it for you know a decade or more. Yeah. So, you know, you got to have the right sort of yardstick. Now, the, tr- the trouble is like, um, you know, I'm sort of a creative guy. So I start sitting down and playing J.J. Abrams. It's like, how would I have changed this? You know, things yeah. would I have done, you know, artistic directions or differences. Let me pause real quick. Did you know there's a D&D esque Star Wars game, like an RPG tabletop? Of course. Dude, Which, why aren't we playing it together? I got another guy that, that he plays it, and he was just on the, this the guy I did the Mandalorian episode with. Uh, and I would be. If he GMs, I'm in. I'm down. Oh, I've got the. In all these, here's the great thing about role playing games have exploded over the last like five years. Yeah. And a lot of it is they've changed how they are presented. A lot of role-playing games have these... They've created starter sets. When I started, I started playing role-playing games in the late 80s. 
And when you started those, you had to buy hardcover books. I mean, you yeah. went you went to the mall, and you may have to buy forty or fifty dollars worth of books to get started. A lot of game companies figured out that's a lot of front end investment. So they started putting out these boxes. I got my, I got, well, so for example, I called you about getting my cousin and I got him a Magic the Gathering like game night set mm-hmm. to like make it super easy to like play with your friends that never played Magic the Gathering, for example. Yeah. Um, it's got, they'll have a condensed rule book. They'll have some kind of scenario or adventure, a set of dice, all, you know, the basics. Um, but that starter set, like I think, think if you would have, you know, Amazon, local games, even in local game stores and bookstores, um, you may only spend 18 or $20 to try it out. Um, now, Star Wars is fun um, because there's they have different starter sets for different spots in the Star Wars universe. Dude, we got to do this. Hey. Like one that making time to do stuff like that and like play music. I'm uh, going to jam with Neil Harrington on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, you know, it's it's super. I like doing stuff like that. Oh, yeah. But I, I would. At Star Wars, I would do this. I don't know why I'm less interested in like rolling up a game of D&D. Mm-hmm. But Star Wars. Mm. I love Star Wars. Basically, and you get to pick your era. They have, I think there's one, I think the one I have is, they call it the Old Republic era, where there are thousands of Jedi and thousands of Sith. You can play the original trilogy. You can play like the grittier Mandalorian Rogue One universes. Um, But they, it's just, there's plenty of options for what, you know, part of the era you like. Yeah. To go explore. So. I'm going to look into You got a guy already down deep into it, you know. I'd be down. Do any of the local game stores have these sets? Uh, yes. I ended up going, the guy in the city mall was there. Mm-hmm. Like, let me in. Like, let me buy a bunch of stuff from him. I was like, thanks, dude. Oh, yeah. I need to give him a shout out. Well, shout out. on. They are all incredibly, um, at least here in Russellville. I'm, I'm, here's the thing. I've never, I've been to a bunch of game stores. I've never had like a bad experience. Mm-hmm. Um, although they do make me feel old. Um there were game stores have been around since I started playing, but I mean, one of the I things, wish we had a comic store here local. Yeah, that's what happens. A lot of game stores they have something else that they do to keep their um, the doors open, and the lights on. Like here's my store. People ask me like, do you play Magic the Gathering? I was like, uh, no. What happened was like I went to the army in um, basically very late ninety one. So 92 to 96, I was in the military. Um, I was still tabletop role-playing games, military strategy games, you know, played those. Magic the Gathering, I think either came, I think came out in 93 or 94 and like exploded. I wasn't even charting it until uh, the last five years. Yeah. Really. And I only started charting it because Ben and Devin Qualls from the gym both play it. You know? Oh, yeah. People get really into it, but uh, the... Uh, I got a cousin that, that it, he's super into it. Oh, it ex- it exploded every... Like, it really took off. And what I remember is a lot of game store owners, when I came back out of the army, had to make decisions. Um, here's this new product that people love. You can bring casual customers in. Um, but there were... You know, they were few and far between, but there were some purists. Like, you know, I'm just playing. We're just going to have our strategy games, and that's it. And those were the guys who went out of business. Yeah. Because a lot yeah. a lot of them wouldn't compromise. And, you know, the game store I remember going to, um, 
in the rest of the 90s, yeah, he had walls and walls of everything you could possibly want to play. But pretty close to the inside front door, he had a 20 foot section wall, which was just all magic. You know, it's like, um, yeah, our jujitsu comparison. I know I don't think Dring says it as much anymore, but I know Dring and Caleb early on was like my Taekwondo classes pay for my jujitsu habits. You know, that's what would get people in, get the door, that sort of thing. That's the way Magic the Gathering was in a lot of game stores. I'm so. glad we're out of that era where people like so many people come in or like, oh, I heard Jocko, I heard Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. I heard uh, like and they they know about jujitsu like I, like uh, my cousin's husband the, for over Christmas he listens to Joe Rogan a lot so he hears about jujitsu a lot just like people listen to Star Wars podcast oh there's um this has been my year of YouTube where I've real I can I can sort of trace you know I'm an old guy I'm still on Facebook and that's my you know I'm not getting on Twitter um, me we but, had have a Twitter for the gym but we never updated and we we are not great about updating our Instagram we maybe make half a dozen posts a month right now mm-hmm. we need to be making one every day minimum but it's like more people are in in the Facebook space but that younger demographic man mm-hmm. is is not but it, once yeah. Really, yeah, I got back into role-playing games the last year and a half, and there is an insane amount of content available on YouTube. Do you play the same time every week or what? That's what we did, yeah. we ha- I have a, uh, it's a group of us. It's basically, you know, all professors about my age. Um, you have, If you had Sean Haas on the podcast. I did. He play, he's in my group. Another guy, James Stobaugh, he's up on the third floor. He's a criminal justice professor. Um but um, Jeff Auger, he's actually the acting dean over in College of E-Tech. He's done a lot of the online stuff like that. We have a group. We basically found every two, every uh, Friday, every other Friday, you know, six o'clock, we're going to play. Nice. And, and it just, we said, we're going to meet every two weeks. Two weeks <clears throat> um, gives us plenty of, you know, um, time to do other things. Um I'm the dan- uh, the dungeon master for the group, so two weeks gives me enough time to put together. Okay, what what's going on next? Stuff like that. Um, but uh, you know, and uh, being Friday night, you still have your weekends. Yeah, that is a good idea. You know, because I realized that a lot of my Friday nights were kind of worthless. You know, with. You get to Friday and everybody's okay. So, you know, we're done. Maybe some open mat once in a blue moon. Um, but a lot of Fridays, you just kind of flop on the couch. You sit around. And then, you know, what do you do with and it? And I am wiped out by Friday when I get off. That's why I typically don't go to open mat. Yeah. Just because I'm d- I, I, <clears throat> by Sunday, I'm like full on recoup, ready to work and do tons of stuff. Like I went in, filmed and got up early this morning. I'm about to finish my fourth book from over the break so uh and i hope that i'm able to knock out a fifth book and i'm gonna start i haven't figured out what i'm gonna do what i'm gonna call it i might just call it a a book vlog on my podcast channel and just review these books that i'm i'm i've got audible now and it's it's been a game changer for me well you got uh you definitely got me one book i want to read shadows of the empire I want to oh, check, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because um, yeah, these the new movies borrowed from other properties. Um, I wonder if I can send you that on my Audible. I don't. Do you have Audible or? I've had it at times because um, I remember we 
we take a big family trip to Pennsylvania. Yeah. And the Sunday, we do a marathon driving session. Um, we basically do a thousand miles on a Sunday. And coming Pittsburgh to Russellville is almost door to door perfectly a thousand miles. Um, and I know everybody's, both my daughters have headsets and they got their own movies playing and stuff like that. How many that. hours does that take you again? Wheels turning 15 to 16. Yeah, that's about like going to Orlando. It's exact, it's a, it's almost exactly the same distance. Yeah. But it's easier coming, you could, it's going e, uh, east to west is easier because the time zone changes. Like I would agree. We leave, we leave probably about 8 o'clock in the morning. And we discovered starting to do it, we would stop, you know, once you cross the time zone line, you can get to Memphis easily and the sun is still up. So it's like, I'm in Memphis, it's 7 p.m. at night, I just had a big meal and dinner, and my own bed and space is three hours from here. I know, man. It's just, just keep going. Yeah, I've been there. I mean, I've made that trip to Orlando multiple yeah. times, so I think three driving yeah maybe three at least i drove it once yeah what going to disney yeah 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 man but i'll i will people that do that blow my mind like they they do it all the time Mm -hmm. you know like i I get going like Corey's about to go her second time yeah so we'll get you there yeah after i have a kid maybe (laughs) all right well so let's start force awakens i liked it 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 they killed han solo yeah shit Mm mm-hmm Harrison Ford, I was watching that documentary on Disney Plus, and he was talking about how he suggested they kill Han Solo in the original trilogy. Oh, yeah. Well, there's. I think it's famous. They didn't know what they were going to do with Han Solo, so the Carbonite was like the perfect plot device. You know, if he doesn't, if we can't get Harrison Ford back for film three, we, we just leave Han in the slab. Do you know they changed the name of Return of the Jedi? Um, it, it was Return, then they changed it to Revenge, then they're like... Jedi don't seek revenge, and that like weeks before it came out, yeah, they changed it back to Return. Yeah, you were talking about the Star Wars collectibles. I think <clears> there's <throat> crew jackets which had Revenge of the Jedi on them, which are like insanely like sought after, like tens of thousands of dollars wow. for windbreakers. Wow. But uh, I wondered I, what, if what kind of merchandise there was out there when I heard that. It, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think he needed you needed the. I, I liked it as a a dramatic plot point. You know, um, but I, th- you know, I think of the three newest films, the F- uh, Force Awakens was sort of the best, like put together. Although my interesting story on that one, I remember <clears throat> um, Harrison Ford was injured on set, broke his leg. Damn. On Force Awakens, I remember like wasn't like some stupid crew member accident or something like that. It and was he a, was pissed about it. Oh yeah, it was something mechanical or you know something fell or broke and but it, it basically you know you've got this multi. He's like seventy something years old. Oh yeah, um, but he it shut down production for like four or five weeks. You know, um, but what J.J. Uh, Abrams when they what they do for four or five weeks they actually sat down and really ground on the uh, the script more. They didn't just sit by, and I think that really helped. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and that was kind of like when the, on Solo, when Ron Howard came in. Yes, I liked Solo. I did too. You know what the problem with Solo is? You made a movie and a half. You spent how much money on one set of directors who you fired, and then you bring in... I know, so you made a movie and a half. I wonder how the budget was oh. on that. I, didn't, I never got to really go into it. No, but... 
it's well that's the that's the problem i mean star wars films are going to be expensive so making one star wars film if you budget you know 200 million dollars or whatever it is and you do then make a million you know a movie and a half you're suddenly staring at a 300 million dollar budget yeah for one you're you know that was the bigger problem with you know I liked Ron. I liked what Ron Howard did. I like Solo. It's fun. It's a you know a fun Star Wars caper film. You know, sort of a new genre. I like that. I like Mandalorian. I like. I've been, I haven't finished it, but I started Rogue One last night. I love Rogue One. Oh man, dude! Ha- like I was texting my buddy John, who was just on the show yesterday, about like uh, how they brought back Grand Moff Tarkin. Mm-hmm. Wonder how much more of that we're going to see in like they other movies. They here's the thing, what Marvel has done. They call, the the word we use in I think the movies use it, but also in uh, games they call it a sandbox. You've built this whole great world for generations. Um, you've seen this with, but you've seen this with bigger properties. You've seen it with uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. You've seen it with Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Like how many eras are there? You know they were. They're talking about uh, doing Game of Thrones, some kind of prequel series. And I saw, I remember reading an article somewhere. Here's the seven possible different points in time. Yeah. You could set it. Let's do one on Robert's Rebellion. Let's do one when, like, Bran the Builder was first alive. Duncan Egg, that's been, that book. Have yeah. you ever read that? Duncan, I don't, doesn't ring a bell off the top It's of like about um, Egg on Targaryen. Egg. Oh. Yeah. And, and Sir Duncan. Sir Duncan the Fair. Remember, there, there's a, a couple of mentions of him in the show. Sir Duncan the Fair or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Rings a bell. But, but yeah, there are the, there are these complex you know, universes, their own realms, their own. And you, um, the latest Harry Potter films fall in the same. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. You've cre- yes. You've created this big sandbox. Go play in it. Go check other things. That's why I liked, um, we saw Grand Moff Tarkin and, um, you know, they introduced just Moff. Yeah. You know, it's like when they called him governor in Rogue One. Did they call him governor in New Hope? Um, I'm going to read no, the new trilogy after Rogue One. They, again. they throw the name in, though. There's region. They call them regional governors. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I heard that. And I'm yep. like, just like Babylon. But um, OK, so, so it's, here's my like, I wonder how this Moff Gideon from Mandalorian with a freaking lightsaber like what are they going to do with that apparently like was was Grand Moff Tarkin like force sensitive too or like you know so it's like what is Moff Gideon guy is he a Sith what's going on Um, Ghost Frank oh yeah it it depends a lot on which where you go and how you want to spin it like you know this is right this is between Christmas and New Year's. So if you know, stay away from uh, Facebook because everybody that last scene in shot in the Mandalorian, everybody's losing their oh, minds. I know, over. dude. Spoiler alert. I've yeah, got, uh, that's why I'm one of the videos I'm rendering over here is John and I's review of the Mandalorian. Yeah, because um, we talked about it and we d- we talked about the new film and the trilogy mm-hmm. and stuff, but. Man, so what but, okay. did you not like about Force Awakens? Is there anything that you would be without, um, you know, I'm um, not going to, just critical of, of in, in any way? Got to remember my films, Force Awakens. No. Um, it's the one I haven't watched, you know, 
I don't think I've rewatched it recently. I know I've watched it with the kids, but it's not as fresh. I don't think there was anything really sort of glaring. That I here are like a few things that I, that stood out to me like on a recent rewatch. Like man, Kylo Ren was such an interesting uh, villain, and like how he holds the laser in place on uh, Jakku mm-hmm. uh, when Poe is is there. Oh yeah, anything. like it, it just like man, they build all this, and honestly, not to sound like a bully or anything, but when uh, what is Kylo's? What is the actor Adam Driver? Yeah, when he takes off that mask, I was like, dude, I can't take you seriously. <laughs> I just can't, man. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, but he, I almost think it would have been better if they would have kept him masked the whole franchise. It, it, because I, I don't know, like, like I said, without sounding like a bully, he just didn't come across as a mean villain, like his face. And maybe that's what they wanted. Maybe mm-hmm. they wanted him to have a softer face, something, but like, um, a lot of people have been critical of his appearance mm-hmm. in relation to his role. Yeah. Um, I think him go hit him switching between the mask and unmasked makes like sense to me. Cause he was kind of like a teenage Jedi. You yeah. Know? I liked with a flashback. He, he was fighting between, you know, the light and the dark the whole time. And sort of, I could see the mask as being a metaphor for that and stuff yeah. like that. Um, I don't think it bothered me as much, um, not especially on the first film. Well, and it's not anything that really bothered me, but like when Cora was watching it the other day, she's just like, she made that remark. She's just like, I can't take this dude seriously. <laughs> and and um, I, I've heard a lot of people he say a, that. I think he might have needed to whip some people like to beat down without the mask on well, more in force away. And it kind of made sense though, because he has like temper tantrums. Mm-hmm. And then too, like when, Remember when General Hugs, General Hux, yeah, uh, and he, uh, Kylo were talking with Snoke, and uh-huh. I, I think that is in Force Awakens. But um, yeah, there's a hologram. He's just like, how did you um, let this girl get away or whatever? And um, he says something, and he just looks like a whip dog, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's very interesting how his character I like, yeah. I do because he is very conflicted. He's very. You see, I get a feeling of almost like an innocence there and of the back and forth and the dichotomy of, of, you know, the dark side and the light side and his parents and stuff. Uh, But it's... And then the story about how Luke was like sensing the dark side in him and like oh, that, threw yeah, okay. his lightsaber on so him. So now we're into the that was that was from Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. The uh, I called it the Rashomon um, sequences. Um, old classic Kurosawa movie. One of the if you ever take film analysis, you will be you have to watch it. Who teaches that? Uh, I don't know if Aaron Claire. She may have at some point, but she would know. Oh, look, she sent me her resume, and it has, like, every class she's ever taught on oh, there. Oh, God. Yeah. She is super interesting. Oh, man. yeah. Like, and too, like, for not to sound uh, pretentious about it, like, super sophisticated. Mm-hmm. Like, she is. She blew my mind, like, multiple times. I was just like, like, you're, like, she, she's smart. Like, oh, yeah. That's all I can say. Like, I, like just what I said. But um, I, I'm hoping to have her back on. She said she got struck by lightning. What I was just like, <laughs> and to our podcast, like some paranormal page shared it, dude. I was like, what? Because we were talking about like meditation and mindfulness and spirituality mm. and stuff like that. But yeah, anyway, no, it's the uh, 
I think she, when you start going around, when you're meeting professors, um, we're, we're all in such weird, eclectic places. Um, yeah, it's like she's a good one. She does yoga. She teaches English. She does roller derby. She's she's <laughs> she's in a lot of leadership positions. Oh too. yeah. So she is just fascinating. I'm gonna have um, I want to have David on to talk about his radio theater program. Yeah. So. But uh, so we get into uh, so Rashomon is this classic film and it's the basically it's a story. It's a sort of a crime story. Um, this if I remember right, I mean, you know, I took film analysis about 20 years ago. Um, so this couple's on a road. It's old Japanese samurai era. They're waylaid by, uh, you know, a ronin. You know, the husband is killed and then there's this trial and stuff like that. But they tell the same story from like four different points of view. Hmm. There's the wife's story, the highwayman's story. They even bring in a medium and you get the husband's version of events. But it's um, that's what um, the last or uh, yeah, the last Jedi was, you know, here is this fateful night told three or four different ways. You know, did you um, Were you, you know, a lot of people hated on The Last Jedi, and I actually liked it. Like, I remember the very first podcast I had was with Jesse Weiss, and Mm -hmm. it was just we didn't really plan to talk about Star Wars the whole time, but we did. And (laughs) uh, he didn't really like a lot of things about it. And man, I I enjoyed it, I was happy. So, here's my overall critique of the, the, like, the prequels. It was like almost like they looked too technological, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. But like, and then they scaled it back in this newer trilogy, and mm-hmm. and so it makes this weird, like, hey, we went way leaps and bounds ahead on our CGI and technology and everything mm-hmm. due to technological developments on the prequels. So it made it look so different, and it's like they scaled that back to try like in Rogue One. I'm like, man, they're Mandalorian mm-hmm. uh, with Favreau. To where it's like they're trying to look more like cinematography in terms of cinematography, like the yeah. original trilogy. But that was that was one thing I really noticed that I. It's not like to be critical of it, but it's just like it's kind of kind of like all over the place. And when the remastered version came out, that's what people were upset about, mm-hmm. if you remember. Which I wasn't because man, I was just a kid seeing the remastered versions, and oh yeah, it became a part of my childhood. Yeah, there's these little. When I look at it, there's these little, like, establishing shots, I think is the film term for it, that you couldn't do in, you know, the late 70s, early 80s. Like, here's this, sh- uh, like, one is, like, um, from the first, from episode four, it's a, sh- it's a bare shot of a street in Mos Eisley. Yes. And then here comes, a, you know, the speeder drives down it. That shot couldn't have been done from that angle in 19, with 1975 or 1976 technology. So the speeder, yeah, it, it's literally like two seconds to establish. Here's a street; it's dusty. That's I didn't mind it either. It was that kind of just stuff you sort of take for granted. But um, I think when I I liked all the Luke, Ray, Kylo Ren angles part of it i did the new characters uh a lot that you know element of it um i think the weird the one thing that sort of stuck out in my mind is the time sort of the timelines um sometimes writers should be vague uh yes so they can fill it in later or or just know 
like instead of you know i think they mentioned you have so many hours to go to the um the casino planet canto blight and get this hacker to do all these sort of things they say too many times i thought they said a specific amount of time mm. you know it's it's not an episode of 24 yeah true, true that. if, if you just pick up on that just say you need to get there as fast as you can get this guy and get back um you saw the same problem in the latest film um, at the very beginning, they say we got 18 hours till the final order launches. Yes, yes, yes. Just yes. say they've made a threat. Don't 18 hours is too specific. You know, it is because that that's the one thing in a lot of um, the other movies. There's time elapses where the cameras aren't rolling, and I think the earlier trilogy because you didn't have the technology, you just they just left the, the gaps in there. Yeah, you know? I know. You wonder, like, how much time took place. It, oh, and some, like, that's the thing. When you get to Empire Strikes Back, it is clear that there's a couple of years between Episode 4, Episode 5, Episode 6. Things yes. have evolved. Uh, you know, Luke comes back for Return of the Jedi, basically a fully trained Jedi at that point fully self-trained Jedi at that point. Mm -hmm. You know, they mentioned in Empire Strikes Back that they had run-ins with bounty hunters and things like that. That's what I love about the Shadows of the Empire. And I'm going to do, John and I are going to do a podcast about that. But mm -hmm. I've been get, buying all the merchandise <laughs> and I'm going to do some some sort of video with that. But that tells the story of from Bespin uh -huh. when Han Solo is frozen in carbonite until he is recording the message on R2 to give to Jabba the Hutt and they give you the gift of these droids. And mm -hmm. he puts a lightsaber in him and stuff. But it's like that model of like, I, love, I like that. And that's kind of what the Marvel Universe does of like how they're building in these connector stories like Rogue One mm -hmm. or um, like how Clone Wars is right between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith and Rebels takes place after Revenge of the Sith. Mm -hmm. Rogue One right before A New Hope. Solo takes place... Before or after episode one? Uh, trying to remember. I can't remember either. I, we could look it up. But Solo, no, Solo the Empire is around. <laughs> yes, okay. So yeah. it's between three and four. Okay. Because okay. he's a young guy. He's a young guy. And if you remember some of the early shots when they are on Corellia, the, the, yes, you it, see it them. does have that to be after the, episode one because Maul is alive and that's the. Yeah. Um, but it's. Yeah, it's after episode between three and four because there are you see them the big pieces and you recognize they're assembling on Corellia Imperial Star Destroyers. You know, Corellia is basically a shipbuilding planet. You know, one of the best in the galaxy, and they were building the Empire's fleet. Because yeah. I think there's a shot when he's driving through, you can you see you know partially completed Star Destroyers hanging there. I think they're lifting. You know how like the. Uh, original Star Destroyers had those big like sort of spheres on top or the bridge you see them like craning one or two of those up into the air things like that yeah um but I think I kind of like it's one of those overall I, I liked the bits and pieces what I would have really liked out of um The Last Jedi I always thought the new trilogy would have been more interesting if it turned into you're expecting this fight between, you know, Kylo and everybody knew Kylo and Ray was going to be. What if and you got hints of it? What if it was a team up? If circumstances push that Kylo and uh, Ray have to work together. I would have been down for that. 
Cause and, you, and they kind of hinted at that, I think. Well, you, but it just you, never really. You get like a you get a five minute sequence when they go when they go you know off Snoke off his you know guards stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, but that is where you know bringing in a big bad from you know behind the curtain. Who else is pulling? Who made Snoke? Who pulled? If you would bring in some bigger, badder, bad villain. You know, like Plagueis or something. That's exactly Plagueis. Yeah, don't go for people. You know, don't I, don't I, do the old thing. Do the new thing. That's okay. So that's my overall critique. Not just Palpatine, oh. which like you know, who's been the bad guy for the everything yeah. we've talked about. Uh huh. There's nothing that he hasn't been the the bad guy pulling the Sith strings. That, but <clears throat> Plagueis Bane. But, yes. Well, here's another thing too. That the whole planet destroying weapon mm-hmm. angle too. Yeah. That's something in the new trilogy they brought back from the original trilogy that wasn't really the panic in the prequels. I like how the prequels didn't really have yeah. that right and how but I also love how Rogue One cuz you know how everybody talks shit about a new hope like what well, you just going to shoot right here yeah. and it's going to blow it up. Uh-huh. And and they're like, "Yeah, Take this. We got a whole movie yep. telling you why that's there. And Galen, yeah. if you um, if you want something on your Audible for that um, Star Wars Catalyst, is it, that just one of the is that one of the canon books or what? Yes. Okay. Rogue One prequel book. Oh. Um, it is Galen. It's really focused around Galen Erso and uh, director Krennic. But those two are basically. It's probably ten or fifteen years. How, how many can, new canon since the Disney acquisition films are there? Do you know? Or not films, books? I don't know. Is there several? Pre- oh, several? yeah. Uh, I got one. Um, I bought Paige. Uh, Paige got one for Christmas. I got a whole bag over there somebody brought me, actually. So we're going <laughs> to we're gonna be reviewing them. All right. Um, maybe Catalyst. <laughs> I'll, I'll get that on my Audible, and maybe we can um, yeah, do a review. Yeah, but them. Catalyst, um, Jin Urso, the daughter, is probably like five or six. And it's her parents, um, and they're they're actually friends with Krennic. They're all c- closer to equals, um, but it gets into Krennic's ambitions and stuff like that. And it was I I would call it um, Galen Erso, the dad's Oppenheimer moment. Um, you know, he's a scientist, so there's kind of sort of I'm really interested in X, Y, or Z, and he's you know got his head down, and he starts making breakthroughs, but he realizes on what level of destructiveness he's created um so he why and it's basically why he goes why is he you know in hiding on a farm with escape routes um when you finally get to rogue one you know it's 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 very different for a star wars book because there's not the fighting there's not the bat it's very political and very personal Mm. so it's a it's a different angle to it all um but it was good you have um I just bought another book, uh, or sorry, uh, Paige got it for Christmas. Um, it's a Count Dooku standalone. Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that on. Uh, I've been. I've just been browsing titles, seeing yeah. what's out there, seeing what's expanded universe, what's canon. Oh, uh, you just read it all. Just read it that's, all. That's what. <laughs> that's what I'm gonna do, man. Honestly, um, like I'm gonna. Kind of on the side, I think I'm just gonna get like a like once a month. 
just get a Star Wars book and oh, yeah. get like a like some sort of history book, uh, something to kind of feed my interest there. Yeah, this Empire of the Summer Moon I'm listening to is awesome. Comanche. Ah, uh, we're yeah. Uh, I still we still read aloud to both my daughters, and I'm reading the first of the X Wing. Um, How much do you read? Like a chapter at a time. I we read ten fifteen minutes a night with both of them. Um, so we're almost we're like three hundred pages through a four hundred page book, but I know there's five other. It's basically those books. It's the Rogue Squadron series. It's the Empire has fallen, um, but it, this is sort of a lot of between six and seven. Um, you know, sort of the can everybody sort of knows the the Empire doesn't go away. In, like in the Mandalorian points to yes, this a lot. Yes, yes. It fragments. It goes so many different directions. Um, but the the rebellion still has to fight on because there's people who aren't surrendering. The resistance. It becomes. And, I like how there's levels of like or eras of you know rebel alliance, mm-hmm. the, the rebellion, the resistance. Yeah. So this is still the it's the rebellion era, and it um, Wedge Antilles, the one fighter pilot who's probably better than Luke Skywalker. He's sort of the main character, but he leads um, rogue squadron is sort of the X-wing squadron, you know, the dirty dozen Mm -hmm. version, you know, you've got the hardest job, you know, you call us and we'll get it done. Um, But it starts building through there, you know, um, it introduces, you've got it, you know, a fright, it introduces a fragment of the empire who they're hanging on to, they still hold Coruscant. Mm. Um, so you start to see who the bad guy is, who still holds the planet, that sort of thing. Um, but Coruscant's the capital, right? Yes, it was, the, it was the the classic capital. Of the which I, we talked about this on the podcast yesterday with, with John on the Mandalorian review. I just thought that Coruscant was too much mm-hmm. in the prequels. I'm like, well, that nothing looks that advanced mm-hmm. anywhere in any of the other movies, in my opinion. Yeah, and so I just was like, that's too much. Mm-hmm. I can see that. That's that is it's the uh, the Michael Bay isms of a lot of movies. I was thinking this. I had the exact same reaction in uh, Rise of Skywalker. I don't. You know, you suddenly show up and the final orders got this massive battle fleet. Yeah, I think it'd have been a lot more terrifying if you drop in a massive, legendary, older, single bad guy. You give him one super star destroyer. And you're kind of catching on. Um, he's getting ready to come out of the shadows. That might, to me, would have been a much more um, interesting, powerful approach to take. And they could have, like, okay, so they could have done that. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, but they, when they bring Palpatine back in the very beginning, like, and J.J. Abrams, like, I felt, I, I, man, and I liked. Again, here's, here's my problem with the Palpatine thing. I don't blame J.J. Abrams. I, I get where he came from. I blame marketing and commercials. Surprise me with that stuff. Mm. I, they put it in the commercials. His laugh or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let your, you know, that is one thing I think the Mandalorian was actually genius for. It had very little marketing. Yeah. I mean, there was almost no run up. You know, well, not in the same. You had no idea what was going on. What do you think about but, this? I'm starting to see. I'm starting to see networks like Disney Plus, Netflix, marketing, mm-hmm. commercials. I only see this at like working at the fitness center, but they're marketing commercials on um, 
like network television. Oh yeah. For like, Hey, go pay for this service. Don't have cable, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know? And I mean, Cora and I don't have cable. We have internet and we stream everything. Oh yeah. We're the same way. But yeah, yeah. it's, I was, I watched football and my girls were like, what's this? That's like, it's commercials. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, you get, you get the, like the football channels and stuff on Amazon prime or something. No, for about five months a year. I, I like the NFL. Um, I'll watch Penn state if they happen to be on here in the South. Um, and that's your alma mater. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. But, uh, and Hulu makes it so easy. It's Hulu makes it easy. It's like three mouse clicks. I turn on my live channels, basically labor day and I'll shut them off the Monday after the Super Bowl. Cause with kids life, everything we watch almost nothing like when it's actually scheduled to come on TV. Yeah, I know. Right, you know. Remember when, like, like TiVo was the transitional moment oh, that, that got us here. You we, know. Yep. Oh yeah, that was that's a TiVo was invented by parents. Yeah. Because it's like you start watching, you know, you want to watch something. Um, it's recorded. You just have taped that shit off television on a timer on your VCR onto a blank VHS yep. tape, or maybe you would record over an old tape you no longer cared about. I think everybody had that one or two tapes. Like they're just a heavy grind tapes. They're going to be, you know, recorded over and yeah. deleted and recorded again, you know, a dozen times a week. But Re- I remember how you get the, uh, I still remember my first uh, VCR in the eighties, the whole, like half the top pops up tape in tape out and it had a remote, but it was on a cord. Oh, like wow. it, it ran like behind chairs and stuff like that. So that precedes me bigly. Yes. Yeah, but uh, that's I. I think if you would have had a less is more approach, like the the final order was so well formed and well equipped, and also I would have had part of my team up theory. I would have had the final order wail on some of the first order. Like maybe is the last. Think of the last scene of the uh, last Jedi. Um, you know, a final order star destroyer pops out of hyperspace and destroys two or three first order star destroyers and then just disappears. Make that that's just the last shot. 30 second space battle. Yeah, I like how everybody just immediately complied, right? Like yeah. it was like, oh, go on, dude, we're just doing this now. But it's I think that would have been a, a so much more interesting plot where all of a sudden everybody's got to play nice and work together. Because, you know, you've got this final orders out there, the first orders, a target as well, you know. I know, It yeah. would have created more dr- drama, more tension between them. Well, like the general that killed Hux. Yes. Or Hux being a traitor or whatever. That guy, I wonder how long he'd been in contact with Palpatine. Oh, that was I, one thing I was like, oh, okay, well, and, and, and like with like uh, the, them bringing Tarkin back, I'm like, how many people are there that are like in contact with the Emperor within the First Order? That was that, that's something canon behind. If you start reading, well, you've read, you've read enough of the books. There is a lot. The Empire is not one big happy family. There, it is very Machiavellian palace intrigue. Mm-hmm. You could do a, probably a great Star Wars spin-off television show of just the Empire's generals plotting and scheming to either boost their cred or destroy well, their... That, own. And that might be what they're doing, like Moff Gideon on Mandalorian and like oh, yeah. bringing back Moff Tarkin. And uh, what's the guy's name uh, from Rogue One, the the white-caped general guy you said? Oh, a uh, um, Cre- Krennic. Krennic, yeah. Director, yeah. Oh, there's there's scenes in those books where Krennic's working his way up through the 
that's part of what his storyline is. He's working his way up through um, the imperial bureaucracy. What is that actor's name in Rogue One? Do you know? You ever see that show Bloodline on Netflix? Mendelssohn? Yeah, okay, I think it is Mendelssohn. But he's in a show Bloodline on Netflix, and he's like the black sheep brother of this, like, family that's got, like... They're really prominent on the Florida Keys, but they got skeletons in the closet. It's pretty mm-hmm. good. First season was really good. It kind of dropped off. He was in um, Ready Player One. I don't think I've seen that. Uh, Steven Spielberg film. Excellent book. Um, you're probably old enough you would get it. I was talking um, for his birthday. I got Justin Myrick a copy. It's basically this dystopian future. Everybody lives and works um, in a virtual reality. Think Facebook meets virtual reality. Uh, but he's the bad guy um, in that. But he plays this really good bad guy. He does. I, I like him as an actor. Everything I've seen him in, he I'm, did a good job. Yeah. I tried. I think he was in Captain Marvel, if I remember correctly. Hmm. And he was shady, but turned I out. I don't remember. We watched that somewhat recently. I need to rewatch it. I did enjoy whatever I saw, but I was. I think I was like grading tests or something at the same time. I wasn't paying a, a heck of a lot of attention to it after like the first 20 minutes. But I liked I liked how it was like a throwback to the 90s and stuff. Oh, yeah. You so, know. yeah. Um, well, okay. So... What do you expect from the future of the franchise? Like, what would you like to see or not like to see? Because uh, you know they're going to come up. Like, what? There's the what comes next. They're going to oh, yeah. do like in the the. It's the social media is going nuts with that. You know, they they want to do a film a year. I actually like what the Disney Plus approach. I it's it is truly episodic. You know, it's um, this is a big thing I've been stressing and yelling at people about. Um, one of George Lucas's big influences um, were the old black and white Buck Rogers and Flash Gordon clips um, bits from like, you know, the 40s and the 50s. You, you go to a movie and you'll see a Buck Rogers episode. It's like eight or ten minutes, you know, mm-hmm. the beginning before your feature film. Yeah. Nobody ever sees all of them. So you have no, you know, oh, I saw episode three of this one and I saw episode nine. What the hell happened in between? Dude, I was talking about, it's like that collecting the, all this memorabilia when I was a kid. Like there, it was just so scattered out. You couldn't like now I just look up the collections on the internet and then I buy them over here. Yeah. I don't know if you saw them. Odd. Yeah. But that's, I think something, the Mandalorian works really well for that. It does. It does. Um, the Mandalorian's actually like when I sit down as sort of a dungeon match. That is a one-player Dungeons and Drag. Or you think they'll come out with a game? Maybe that should be the the, the RPG oh, they, that we play. Oh, they probably already did. But you can look at each of the episodes as almost either like an ep- a a session or two. Let's play. Okay, so you've got trying to remember. So you go to the the frozen planet and you capture the guy. There's one. You know, you play all that out, the bar fight and the monster almost eating your ship. Okay, there's one there's one game session right there. Yeah. Um, the breakdown on I keep forgetting what the name of the major planet is where they started and finished, where the um, Bounty Hunters Guild was stationed. Yeah. Uh, Pasana. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, maybe because I looked the that up, too, because I was like, is this Tatooine? Like it. It's Tatooine-ish. Yeah. Uh, but it's got more active lava fields and stuff like that. But, um, I like those sinking fields from 
in the flying stormtroopers. Oh yeah, like that whole scene was. There's all badass. that's a, that's Pasana. That's Pasana. That's not. Um, gotcha. I don't know on the Mandalorian, but yeah. Pasana because I looked but that up and I th- um and I think this is what Marvel's doing this as well. You can, I've always been fascinated why more networks don't do limited run television shows. Come together, do something really awesome, and Move then on. walk away. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's great because how many franchises were shows that after, you know, a couple of runs, they fall off. Like Bloodline, I was mentioning mm-hmm. saying they got like really strong start, fell off, you know? Yeah. And I think that like there's less propensity to fall off if you bounce around like show, movie, CGI, animated mm-hmm. series, well, the trilogy. The longer I think about it, you know, if you really want, if you want to convert something, a big property, you just need time. You know, I've started watching the Lord of the Rings movies with my daughters. And, yeah, they're great. But, you know, if you want to watch the extended version, you need 12 hours. Yeah. But you could do, like, uh, well, we saw those Harry Potter. You know, only book seven got almost a scene-for-scene movie version. And that, you know, Deathly Hallows one and two. It took you four hours to do one book. Do you think um, Rise of Skywalker could have been a part one and two? And then they just start doing the annual approach because, like everybody said, and yeah, it, not not necessarily being critical, but that two hours and twenty two minutes or how long it was, they packed a lot in. Could they have made it a, you know, two hour and forty minute films and released them a year apart? I think you could have done probably two two hour movies. It wouldn't have been. Uh, it would have been unprecedented for the franchise. Oh yeah, it wouldn't have been a true trilogy. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's their gimmick is they're just they're going to do trilogies, connectors, and then series to fill yeah. in gaps. But it's like you can have you know come together do like you know if there was never another episode of the Mandalorian. Apparently they're doing season two. Oh, they're already season, yeah. yeah. I caught that. Do you think Favreau from Mandalorian should get his own trilogy? Oh, Favreau, and there's another guy, Fioni. Yes. There's, I I think I'm missing a letter or two in there, but those two apparently have the big brains for, they've got a really, a good finger on the pulse. Like, I didn't realize, Favreau is like one of the big, you don't realize the big movies he's made and things he's launched. Iron Man. Iron Man. He did, I didn't realize he did Elf. Yeah, yeah. It's like, Elf? Iron Man, um, um, but the man's in Friends. Yeah, but it's like you know, you know. I mean, he, you see him on screen. He plays this, you know, sort of big, dumpy, goofy limo driver. But all of us, you know, he, behind the camera, he's like launched, and you know, well, he did attack uh, 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 the Clone Wars. He yeah. did that whole series. Yeah, 110 episodes. <laughs> it, Have so you he, seen that? No, I haven't. I've got to watch it. It's with, on Disney Plus. Uh, yeah, I know. Everything's on Disney Plus. Yeah, one stop shopping. Well, well, if you do end but, up, I, I want to watch it and Rebels, mm-hmm. and that's going to kind of be my next time I'm going to rewatch. And I would love to do podcasts and all of it, man. Oh yeah, but it's I, you know, I think Disney Plus is doing a lot of those. Like they've announced, um, they're doing a Loki. They're doing oh, okay, that'd be cool. Six episodes, bringing back you know Tom Hiddleston. Um, but they're doing. I think. A lot. There's a lot of properties that would be greatly served by doing do 13 one hour episodes, mm-hmm. and you know, and just leave it be. Too many times, like I think um, Star Wars says. I think they've realized they've got caught. In, we're going to do a trilogy, and that comes. Well, do you have to? What I, what I would like to see them do is like because the trilogies, yes, but how they're doing these filler movies mm-hmm. and filler shows. 
is that they give us a bridge like let's say like we've got the three trilogies lined out Mm -hmm. and let's say that we get a bridge between each of the prequels Mm -hmm. with a tv show yeah and we get a bridge between each of the prequels with a film Mm -hmm. move to the original trilogy same thing i hope shadows of the empire is the bridge between empire and return of the jedi Mm -hmm. right because that that is they could do that very easily and go into like luke making his new lightsaber and his hand bonding to his body and all that um but like i would like to see them go back because then it's not a trilogy anymore Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying like it kind of is but like imagine if they did like okay we got rogue one a new hope then they do the two-year span between a new hope and empire Mm -hmm. and then between empire and return let's say they did shadows of the empire you know and to where it's like you get a movie connecting so it's like a trilogy within the trilogy but the original trilogy is now six movies and three television shows so it's like nine total pieces of the canon that you can work with oh yeah i like that yeah and then you got the books at at the end of the day it's all tell me a really good story i know tell me a story i care about and show me things that are new yeah what are some of the new things you saw on the new trilogy you enjoyed um new things that i enjoyed um Remember the X-Wing drifting in um, Rise of Skywalker? Poe like drifts the X-Wing like his weapon's yeah. going yeah. to... Dude, I love that. That was bringing real physics into a... You know, you're flying a rocket ship. Real yeah. physics are going to be a little bit different. We're having... Uh, I've had to reschedule her, but uh, Dr. Nandi Vada mm-hmm. is going to be our resident physics oh, there you go. PhD. So nice. she's coming on Thursday. Um... This is... You, like I liked it, but I'm trying to think. Now, now you got me thinking. Um, a lot of the specifics about it, you know. Um, you know, I like the struggle. I mean, I actually I liked the struggle between light and dark. You know, I think it. There's sort of this business perception that a you know Jedi are 100 percent pure and that they're not tempted by the yeah, dark side. Yeah, you know, and you know Mace Windu is all sorts of tempted. You know, but, you know, how far they give in, that sort of thing. But do they make the choices to come back? Do they make the right choice at the last moment? That sort of thing. I like I liked struggling, you know, characters like, you know, like you brought, you know, Grand Moff Tark. I mean, he was really not really a character. He didn't really have an arc or stuff like that. But I liked how you saw, you know, Ray dealing with the pull of the dark, Kylo dealing with the pull of the light. You know, I thought that was a good you know, too many times it's the you're either with us or against us. Yeah, it's a good dichotomy. Yeah, good back. I like forth. that. I like that struggle within it. Um, you know, I think overall, I I like the plot points. I like the ideas. You, th- I you know, putting the lost in episode the first episode made a lot more sense. You know, you sort of say, okay, you're gonna draw me out what'll happen in the Star Wars trilogy. You know, you'll have an introduction, new characters in the first movie. The second one, it's going to go badly for them. And one of them will get, you know, either killed or captured or lost or something like that. And the third, everything will be 
peace, love, and kumbaya afterward. Yeah, I do, I don't want to like for the future. I don't want to see him be too formulaic, like yeah we have seen. Like I like n- the repeat of nostalgia, but there's just and not to point out any instance on that. But in the new trilogy, there's sometimes when you're like, yeah, you did that just for nostalgic purposes. Mm-hmm. And I want a little bit of that, but I don't want it to be so blatantly obvious. It's like, oh, you're trying to answer that. Mm-hmm. Oh, you were trying to, you know, fill in that gap. Oh, yeah. oh you were appeasing like. Like the, like giving Chewie the medal in the end yeah. was like appeasing everybody that was pissed that he didn't get a medal <laughs> in, in the original trilogy. You've been for 40 years, yeah. Uh, uh, like, it's like, cool. But yeah. also, like, how necessary was it? And then I didn't even catch that the first time. I caught it the second have, time. Yeah, you watched Solo, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. they finally let Chewie rip somebody's arms off. Yes, <laughs> yes, Chewie. I love how they gave their origin story, so. yeah. Yeah. Well, we saw that actor uh, this past year. We went down to Arkansas Comic Con. Oh, really? And yeah. the, the young guy who plays Chewbacca now was down there. I want to go to a Comic Con. We'll, hey, we'll have to go to one. Oh, yeah. Maybe it's, maybe do a podcast about it. Oh, God. It, I've it, never been. It's a lot. That was my first. You take the girls? Oh, yeah. Great. Let me know when one's coming up. Is there? Do they, they typically happen always in Little Rock or Northwest Arkansas, too? Uh, the biggest one in Arkansas is, I think, in Little Rock. Like They schedule it out a year. I think they've already set a date. Um, I would go to that. I am terrible with uh, Reese Davies. I can't remember his first name. Um, he played Gimli in The Lord of the Rings. The um, but he was Sala in uh, the Raiders of the Lost Ark films. September 12th and 13th, 2020 at the uh, State House. Yep. My birthday weekend. Center. That's where the Taekwondo tournament I got the mats from. That, so, <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah he, it, it was a, all kinds of fandom. That's where I got your uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yeah. post. Dude, I'm, right. I'm pumped to put that there's in. There's printmakers. There's all kinds of other artists, cosplays, you name it. I got, I, I just, I got a Neil Harrington painting for the new studio mm. you know what the one I'm, the one that will the uh arkansas i think they call it the diamond chapter of the 501st um imperial regiment will be there oh wow um the oh the 501st legion that's what it is the diamond chapter from yeah, the, the but, arkansas the old diamond state yeah but it's um they are the imperial cosplayers who do all the charity stuff and they i mean it's one of those things. It's bizarre how it's taken off, but the 501st Legion's like, they go to children's hospitals. They raise a lot of That's money great. for charity, but yeah, they do it in, in Imperial uniforms. Um, I remember like in one instance, maybe it's on Mandalorian, they didn't have enough snowtrooper uniforms. So they got like a local group oh, yeah. like that to like be the extras. And like, it's become that. Oh yeah. Big oh, time. You, you, t- you, if you eBay enough you or, you know, shop online, you'll find something. I remember looking, you know, I would. I don't want a, a lot of stuff, but I would like a couple like high quality pieces. I remember you could get like cus basically custom fit helmets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I remember those. Like, I mean, they were expensive. Yeah. I knew somebody, maybe John, my buddy John. I knew somebody that had one. Yeah, and I was like blown away by how realistic and. Mm-hmm. I think it was a stormtrooper one. Like the outside was made with the same plastic NFL helmets. They used a lot of the same technology for the suspension system inside. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, you're tra- This was probably 15 years ago, and you were talking. This is a, yeah, I was five or six hundred dollars. Teenage kid, like yeah. around that age for just the helmet. Yeah, um, but yeah, you hear the stories. You know, um, you find PDFs. This is how you you know custom create your own stormtrooper armor. 
yeah. that sort of stuff. So you, yeah, it's a, it's an insane world when you start diving in. It is. And it is its own world. Oh yeah. It very much is like why I would like to go to the uh, comic con is just so I can geek out on star Wars and, oh, yeah. and too, like There's, Lord of the Rings, game mm-hmm. of Thrones. Um, and to, man, people go so like, it's like Halloween on crack. It's people go yeah. so with their, with their cosplay. Oh, and stuff. it's, we went, we went on Sunday, Saturday's the big day because they have all, that's when they have the actual cosplay, um, competitions. Mm-hmm. Um, Sunday, there was still a lot of people though. Like we saw there was a, there was a line of them. People will get together. There was like eight or nine spider men in all versions. That's funny. They, 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 they posed like together. Take, they yeah. took pictures. They walked through all together. You know, wow. it's just like it is. And um, if we were talking, you know, you mentioned about, you know, Disney and stuff like that. You, a place where I really remember that was Universal Studios. Never um, been. Core core has been right across town, you know, maybe 20, 30 minute drive. I remember one of the things I appreciated about it was you had it was more subtle, but you had a lot of fandom. You know, you got to wear basically your ride tickets on a pass. So people wear a necklace, you know, like lanyards and stuff like that. You're noticing every, you know, every possible franchise you can think of. You know, you're at a Harry Potter world, but people are wearing, you know, like Fallout video game lanyards and Star Wars. Star Trek, everything. Yeah. Um, you saw a lot of that come together, but yeah, we'll definitely go down. You know, yeah. we're starting. We're starting to think costumes. Yeah. Although I've already found my costume, I think for next Halloween. And so what are you I mean, uh, the trailer dropped um, for the new. There is a Black Widow standalone film. Oh yeah, I saw, that. I saw that. Yeah, both my daughters love Black Widow. I could completely see one daughter in one version of the Black Widow costume, another daughter in the another version of the Black Widow costume, and me, uh, it's the Red Guardian. That's David Harbour's character, yeah, the big yeah. Russian uncle or whatever. Yeah. I got the beard, got the gray. There I'm not go, exactly dude. in the best shape. Hey, you got however long, till September 2020. Well, still, no, October. You, still fits. You could, you could do both, man. Do it at the Comic Con. and uh, <laughs> Halloween. Yeah. Get a second wear out of it. Yeah. Well, man, let's go ahead and wrap this episode up, and we'll... Um, We'll take a little, a little break and we'll be back with another uh, Life Unraveled episode. Talk about your, your assessments of life, jujitsu, <laughs> and politics and how all three of them are related. Always. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, tune back in for our other episode and we'll see you soon. I'm going to use the restroom real quick.